Are you a recruiter, manager, or HR pro looking for your next great hire? Head to the Girlboss Job Board to post your open role. Girlboss Jobs highlights the hottest listings in marketing, cannabis, tech, finance, social media, and more for our community of over 2 million ambitious women. We're kind of like career matchmakers. Head to jobs.girlboss.com. That's jobs.girlboss.com to post and promote your job today. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Girlboss Radio. I'm your host, Avery. I'm the founder of Bloom, a workplace design consultancy and a firm believer that work should work for all of us. Today is an extra special episode because I'm joined by my interior design idol, Leanne Ford. My sister introduced me to her work at the beginning of the pandemic and watching her shows was a major source of inspiration during a pretty grim time. And it actually led me to buy and renovate a 200 year old home of my own. Leanne worked as a fashion stylist and creative director in Los Angeles, New York, and Nashville for the first decade of her career and made a big pivot to interior design at 30 years old. If you don't know her work, she is known for her modern yet lived in aesthetic and signature white on white palette. Leanne starred in several shows on HGTV and has been featured in Architectural Digest, Domino, House Beautiful, and the New York Times. And she recently started her very own magazine, Feel Free. Leanne and I chatted about knowing when it's time to make a big career change, the importance of failure, and how she got her idol, Diane Keaton, on the cover of her magazine. Let's get into it. Leanne, welcome to Girlboss Radio. I am so excited to have you here today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling so good. Thank you for having me. What an honor. Oh my gosh, I am thrilled. So this is like a career high for me. I was actually on Instagram prior to this interview and I was saying that like you are my favorite designer, period, full stop. I don't know. I, <laughs> listen, I'm. you might be saying that just because I'm sitting here and I, I will take it. Thank you. No, if you were to look at my viewing list of the HGTV shows that I've watched, honestly, rock the block and was it home with the Fords? We did Home Again with the Fords and Restored by the Fords. We did Rock the Block. And then we also were on a very Brady renovation, which was a wow moment for all of us. But Love that. Yeah. It got me through the pandemic and I was so energized by what you were doing that I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to renovate it. So did you do that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. So I'm sorry <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> I bought a 200 year old home and renovated it all throughout 2020. So yeah, like I'm not joking when I say I'm a genuine fangirl. Whoa. How many times did you curse my name during that renovation? (laughs) I prefer not to answer. (laughs) Kidding. Either way, I am just so excited because I think that for me, of course, I see from your feed and like watching you on shows, you're incredibly talented. But I've always, as a workplace HR brain, I'm so curious about your career. So that's why I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, I love it. I love talking career. And I think that for folks that are listening that are aware of your career journey now, I don't think a lot of people knew that before you're an interior designer, you had a whole other career journey. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I was in fashion for probably 15 years, which is what I went to school for. I was able to create a major based on what I wanted to learn. So I did advertising, PR, retail, and all my art classes. I took all the art classes and I named it Integrated Retail Communications. 
So again, with creating your own destiny, I've been doing that a long time. So that was what I went to school for. And I left school and I went to fashion. I went to internship with this company called Heatherette, which was a tiny mom and pop shop in New York City. It was these club kids that started a line. And I ended up there. I was spray painting clothes for them. Just this really small operation that had tons of love and press and was kind of a PR hero. I was in fashion for 15 years. By the end of my fashion career, quote unquote, I was doing creative direction for a lot of different brands and doing all of their photo shoots and all the fun, creative visual of it. And I was styling forever. So I was in Nashville styling all the musicians, the country singers. And when you're styling, it's like, okay, it's a white t-shirt. How do we make it cool? All right, let's tuck it. Let's roll it. Let's twist it. Let's roll the sleeves up. And I do that same thinking about how things relate to each other in an outfit as I now do in a room. When I design a room, I design it like an editorial story. So I think about, okay, as you turn the page, as you turn into another room, it all visually connects. So it's fun. It's the same side of my brain, just on a bigger scale. I would schlep so many clothes around New York City and I'm like sweating in New York and schlepping. I always laugh. I'm like, okay, now I'm schlepping sofas. And I'm like, I went the wrong direction. I just actually made it harder on myself. Yeah, everything is heavier. And you made that big career change at 30. I would say I overlapped for five years or more. And I was just doing both because I was a freelancer when I was about 30 years old. I did my own house. I bought my own house. I was able to rip out walls and do actually what I wanted to do. And I remember it was in Country Living Magazine and people would call and ask me to design their home, but I wasn't in home design, you know? So as a freelancer, I just said yes and figured it out. I remember I called my friend, Dan Mazzarini. I was like, okay, how do I design? How do I tell people like, I can see it in my brain what this house should be, but how do I translate it? How do I bill for it? Turning it into the business of, a creative role. So basically at my design school was that hour conversation with them. I hung up and I called the people who called me and asked me to help with them. And I said, I'll do it. This is new. I'm going to be learning with you, but if you're down, I'm down. And thankfully I found people that trusted me enough to let me do that. That's incredible. And I think about like, sometimes we stay in our lanes too much. I see a lot of rhetoric online of being like, stay in your lane and drink your water and mind your own business. But I think that some of the most beautiful career shifts and evolutions for me happened when I didn't necessarily stay in my lane. I just veered right for a little bit just to check it out, you know, a little new scenery. I mean, I had two full-time careers and I remember at one point I was on a photo shoot in the Bahamas or something and talking to a client telling them that this is the sofa they should get. And here's why. And I remember I'm like, okay, maybe I need to pick one. This is a lot, but I did not for a long time say I was a designer, an interior designer. In fact, my now husband, who was at that time, just newly becoming a boyfriend was like, when are you going to admit you're an interior designer? I love that. What do you mean? It's like, when people ask you what you do, when are you going to actually tell them what you do? And he was right. But at one point, I remember the first time someone asked and I said, oh, I'm, I do design. And I was like, oh, that rolled off my tongue, you know? 
And I consciously at one point had to decide and like talking about the evolution, I overlapped and it was such an evolution. And then at one point it's like, okay, it's time. Leanne, it's time to make a decision. And also you're ready. And I had to consciously stop taking jobs in a field that was hiring me and paying me really well. And I had to do a jump off and I did. And why did you feel like you had to do that jump off? I didn't want to like dip my toe in and check the water. I was like, okay, I'm good. I've done my due diligence. I didn't want to dilute my creative brain. And I wanted to dive into what I knew was coming. I mean, look at me now. I'm so glad like we're talking. I'm so glad I did that because I had spent 15 years promoting other people's brands, making their brands cool. And it's funny because now I'm like, oh, I get to do all my skills on my own brand. My little marketing brain over here gets to play and promote what I want to do creatively. So what advice do you have to folks that are listening that either feel that they're in that overlap era, right? They're overlapping between a couple of different careers right now, or they want to be more intentional about it and they actually want to make a big shift and, and, and evolve into maybe a new career track. What advice do you have for folks that are afraid to do that right now? I'd say wait until you're very ready and that you have no other choice. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. I feel like I was there too. I was pushed into entrepreneurship. I didn't intentionally like save up money and make a plan. Like it almost felt like a drastic wild shift. It felt very chaotic for me, but it's because it got to the point where I had no choice but to do it. That's where I was at. You know, it's not for the faint of heart to make a life change, but like I'm not talking to people who are faint of heart. Everybody that connects with me, I truly feel like we are doers and creative souls in whatever form that are ready to move forward and ready to make big things happen. And there is risk involved in that. And that's okay. You go through, it's like, okay, my worst case is what I go get a normal job again. The worst thing that could happen is you fail. We had a conversation with Joanna. It was our first episode of season one of Girl Boss Radio. And she's the founder and CEO of a lingerie line called NYX. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but she said that she has failure champagne. So whenever she does have a big failure or a fuck up, she just pops a bottle of champagne. It's so funny because I saw someone, another friend of mine named Valeria and she is a pretty big influencer out of Canada, but like lives in Miami now. And she started a fashion brand called, I think Valeria Inc or something. And it didn't, it wasn't feeding her soul anymore. And she's like, I was just doing it because of my ego and I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. And she has a video of her popping champagne. Yeah. You listen, I love a fail. I truly think you have to fail to move forward. I think everybody's so scared of the failure, but the reality is it's a necessary step. Either it gets you, okay, stop this direction and go to this direction, or it gets you in a place where you can make better decisions. I think the concept of trying for perfection is pointless. We are absolutely not perfect people. Let's just get that off the plate now. Yeah. I feel like with failure comes a lot of clarity too. So much clarity. It's so fun. Honestly, I think it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It is fun. And I think that there's a, like, obviously I'm not going to get into like the DEI realm of all this, but I think that a lot of us fear failure because of the unknown, but also because of the impact it could have on our ability to like support ourselves and pay our bills and all that kind of stuff. 
So I totally understand like the real fear that people have around like, okay, if I get fired or if I start my own in business, that and scenario, fails, like, how am I going to feed my kids? Or for how am I going to pay my rent? Knowing that in one form or another, it is inevitable. All right. We need three months of ready to if you have no income for three months. You always have to have that ready. You don't want to jump off and make these bad decisions on a whim. You want to mount up. It's like mount up for battle and do it wisely and prepare for it and prepare for failure because it will happen in some form. Just get ready for it. And when it arrives, be like, cool, there you are. I know what to do. Yeah. Welcome to the party. Hey, failure. I was waiting for you. Yeah. I think that where some folks go wrong is they don't want to even think about the failure as an opportunity. You know, say something worked for 10 years and doesn't work for 11 okay, that worked for 10 years. That paid your bills and you loved that for 10 years. That's a win. It doesn't have to be permanent to be a success. What I love about your career is like very multifaceted and you're doing all sorts of things. And I want to explore a lot of that with you today. But what I'm curious about is you've had four different HGTV shows and across five different seasons, which is wild. How did you get your first TV opportunity? I was fixing up the cabin or the schoolhouse, which was my first project. And my friend, Peter Barbie's like, you should meet my friend, Lindsay Whitehorn. She would love to talk to you. I'm like, okay, you know, I love a friend of a friend, whatever. And Lindsay was finding people for HGTV. Like she found the Gaineses and the Napiers and all these different people. And we had this amazing conversation, totally soulfully connected. She's so awesome. And that's how it started. But it was years later before we were on TV. And I actually, when I talked to her, I was like, listen, I work with my brother a lot if you want to talk to him too. So that's how that all started, which is so funny. And then when we got there, we're filming. They're like, okay, just do what you would normally do. I'm like, nothing about this is normal. Nothing. I had to laugh at that. I was like, so began our TV career. And How has it been translating the way that you work when cameras aren't around to being in front of a massive film crew? It just becomes this other skill. When I was a creative director, I used to tell people, the models and the people in front of the camera, like how to emote or what to do. Like, okay, I love it. Now more energy or da da da. And I just remembered all those things I would put in someone else's brain. And I try to remember them when I'm in front of the TV. Hey, it's Victoria from Team Girlboss. I hope you're loving season two so far. I just wanted to pop in to talk about Girlboss Daily, our must-read morning newsletter with over 200,000 dedicated subscribers. What can you expect? A-plus career advice, dream job postings, and a few emojis, because we're fun like that, all delivered right to your inbox. Sign up by heading to girlboss.com slash newsletter. That's girlboss.com slash newsletter. See you tomorrow. You're listening to my chat with Leanne Ford. Next up, the interior designer gives me advice for my own home to paint or not to paint my exposed brick wall. Let's get back into it. It's so funny how skills that you pick up early in your career that you don't think you'll ever use later on in life pop up and you're like, damn. Yeah, it's funny. Right? <laughs> I had to laugh. I'm like, all my weird 
careers coming together and all my weird skill sets coming together. Like the universe is training you. You don't even know it's happening. It's pretty fun when you find that kind of career that you get to play with all those parts. Definitely. I always say this to people that I talk to that are in careers or jobs that they're not happy with right now. And I'm just like, trust the process. You're growing and evolving and any career track is not necessarily linear, especially now more than ever. I mean, it is about just doing the best where you are. I guarantee you the growth will happen from that. And there's always something to be done. Like I always say, pick up a broom. Any job, even though if it's not your final place, whatever you're working on now, do it fully. I think that right now, one of the worst pieces of career advice that I see is like, don't do this, set boundaries. If you're not getting paid for these elements of your job, don't do it. It's like a yes end. Yes, okay, you shouldn't be doing things that you're not necessarily getting paid for. But there's a difference between setting boundaries and just not being a team player. Say yes until you get to say no, right? Say yes to any opportunity. Don't be above it. The ego is a creative killer. Get in there, do things just to be on set or just to be at the install or just to be in whatever industry that you want to dive into and just say yes, 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 yes. And then one day you're going to get to say, "Eh, no, you know, I don't need to do that anymore. Even me today in my 40s, in my place in my career, I don't think I'm above anything. I'm still the one sweeping during install. We're all in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm the exact same way. I love what you said is like the ego is a creative killer for sure. And speaking of ego, I wanted to get into your industry is so competitive. Do you ever compare yourself to your peers? No, 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 no. I mean, there's one joy killer, I would say, right? That's comparison. I think there's room for all and one person's success does not equal your failure. I truly think everybody has a unique gift to offer the world. And if you're trying to be someone else's gift, you're going to feel pain from that. But if you're just like, okay, this is me, this is my best version I can offer today, you know, of me, and there will be someone that connects to it. There's so many incredible designers. Basically, we all talk to each other. We're like around the water cooler together. They're my coworkers. I truly think for anyone, whatever career field you're in, there's always going to be somebody that's better than a quote unquote, you know, and you just kind of got to consciously get that out of your head because the only one you need to be is you and you need to do your version of you. When I started doing, even with the show and everything, everyone's like, okay, Leanne, we love it. Can you add pops of color? I'm like, I don't do pops of color. I just don't. (laughs) And I remember telling all the powers to be, I was like, listen, if I do that for you and it doesn't work, what a bummer that now I did something that wasn't me that didn't work. And if I do it for you and it does work, well, that's no good either because now I have the next 20 to 30 to 40 years doing a brand DNA that's not coming out of my little heart of hearts, right? So you just do your version and there will be an audience for you. I mean, I don't know if this is like a bad advice, but like, I don't think your audience has to be massive for you to be wildly successful. I agree with that. I a hundred percent agree with that. I think you could be, especially in our field with interior design, you could be good at your job in your hometown, 
and make beautiful homes for everybody around you and have a lovely career. Who cares how many followers you have on Instagram? Yeah. I know a lot of people that are extremely successful that aren't buzzing on social media or they're not on social media at all. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably like stoked about it too. (laughs) Yeah. I think that you need that connection. I think we all fall into the trap of comparing ourselves or at least our professional accomplishments to others. I'm sure there's a lot of folks that are listening that haven't necessarily gotten to where you are with being able to like embrace. There's room for all. You cannot find your value as a human from what you do for a living. That's great advice. You cannot find your value. I mean, your value has to come from a totally different place. For me, it's like, I feel very spiritually connected. Like I like God and God and I are friends. And I think that's why I don't need to have Instagram follower number. All of this is fun. All of this is bonus, but it does not equal my value. I was going to ask you, like, what is your relationship with social media like? You've already kind of answered that, but I'm curious. It's helped me have a channel, an avenue to show my work, and that's been valuable. So I'm thankful for it. I tend to not go on it too much. I go on it to talk on my channel, but I don't really like scrolling because that's a real time suck. (laughs) Totally. Totally. To everybody looking at my work. Thank you. I have a hard enough time answering text messages, let alone I get lots of DMs. I imagine you probably get a lot more. It's it's really hard to keep up. I do try to answer my DMs though. I think that you answered a DM of mine once. Actually, (laughs) never. See, that was me, by the way. What I did, I like gave you a thumbs up or something. No, I think you were like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I think I was gushing over something I bought of yours. It's so funny. Like a lot of the guests that we speak to on Girl Boss Radio, I'll go to tag them in a conversation or something and I'll look and they'll be like, oh, I like DM them six times before like I'm actually having a conversation with them. Like I've just like slowly but surely increased proximity and I'm like totally down with that. It's like now you're meeting with me. <laughs> so I did the same thing with Diane Keaton for Feel Free Magazine. I asked Diane Keaton, basically, I'm just her super fan. And by sheer will of bending the universe, she's on the cover of the new Feel Free magazine. No. Yes. And I interviewed her. That is incredible. So Diane Keaton is basically, it's between her and Meryl Streep. They're like goals to me. That is the direction I'm going in. Well, I'm here to tell you as my new best friend that Diane Keaton is just as incredible as you think she is. I love her as an artist. I think she just creates art in every form, how she dresses, what she says. She's whimsical. She's so whimsical. How she acts art to me. Like she has so many books that are incredible. So when I had my second issue of Feel Free coming out, I was like, I want Diane Keaton on the cover. Now I'm trying to get Lenny Kravitz. So if anybody knows Lenny, tell me. Yes. Okay. You heard it here first. Anyone that listens to Girl Boss Radio, if you're listening and you have some sort of connection to Lenny Kravitz, do you think Lenny listens to Girl Bass Radio? Maybe. He should. I know. I feel like he'd love it. <laughs> we're having the best conversations and right now we're talking about him. So he should absolutely be listening. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. Okay. We're going to do it in real time. So folks that are listening, you can't see my background, but I have a exposed brick wall. I'm going to move out of the way so you can see it. Oh, I see it. I've been looking at it. Do I paint that white or do I leave it? Yes. That? Really? 
Here's my pitch to the world that is always mad at me for painting brick white. You don't have to see the brick color to get credit for the brick wall, first of all. You still get credit even if it is a beautiful, creamy shade of white, but also it sucks the light. Look how much light that's sucking back there. I know. It's like dark and dingy back there. The lighter you do the paint, the more credit you get. So like sometimes you can do a whitewash, which is half water, half paint, and then it just mutes it. So I always recommend to people when they're painting their brick and when they're nervous, just mute it. So do the whitewash on a big part. And then if it feels good, great, carry on with that or go all white. See, I didn't think we would be able to solve that. Oh, I, it's solved a hundred percent. I'll tell you what, everything in your beautiful room will be brighter and more stunning because of that. The reason I use so much white paint and creamies and like light colors is I like the lines. Does that make sense? It's all about letting the lines do the talking. So I want to talk to you a little bit about success. So at Girl Boss, we're all about redefining success and, and doing so on your own terms. And I think that women for a long time have been boxed into thinking that like certain milestones are successful or more successful than others. I'd love to hear from you what you believe it is to be successful. Success is quality of life. To me, success is joy and quality of life. That's all that matters. And for me as a creative soul, I'm always like pushing and creating and I have so much stuff in my brain I want to get out, whether it be the shape of a table or a vase or something like a room. I just want to get it out and how it lives after it's out is basically out of my hands. So for me, that's my success. I've had great out quote unquote success in my field and I have wonderful success in my personal life. And that's all very true. But like, I think I'd be happy had I not had that career success, right? I think I'd be happy doing this on a tiny scale in my hometown too. I just do. I just want to make stuff. Another definition of success for me is like, I want to be able to create stuff from my bathtub. But when I get to work from my bathtub, I'm like, today was a great day at work. <laughs> I'll be writing or, you know, doing whatever for my very close meetings. I'll just take my meeting from the tub. Hillary, what are we talking about today? But for me, that's a fun, happy day where I appreciate the lot I've been given. Yeah. For me, success is determined by like having as much autonomy and agency over my time and like where I'm spending it. The flexibility is super important to me. So yeah, I totally, totally connect with that. So of course, Girl Boss Radio, I wanted to learn what you think it means to be a girl boss. You know, I would say truly it is doing you authentically and without reservation and not worrying about comparing yourself to anyone else in your neighborhood, in your field, in your family, in your career, and just enjoying where you have been placed. There are always things to be thankful for in any of our places in life. And I say that knowing I've been rich, I've been poor, I've been successful, I've been unsuccessful, I've had good relationships, bad relationships. I've been around the block and there's always somewhere to get joy from and be thankful for. Have you ever seen the movie Pollyanna? I have. Okay. So Pollyanna plays the glad game and she's like, you can always find something to be glad about no matter what. 
I know that there's a lot of science that backs like the practice of gratitude and, and all that stuff. But I think the glad game is something interesting because it's something that you can practice, like not with a journal. You could just do it in real time when you're feeling a bit down, like, okay, let's play the glad game. What are some things that I'm glad about right now? I love that. Okay. So I wanted to, we talked a little bit about Diane Keaton being on the next issue of your feel free magazine. I love that. Yeah. Speaking of career switcheroo, that's like my now new accidental career as an editor in chief. What inspired this new project? So I'm creating my coffee table book, if you will, you know, a design book, but I was working on it and I was like, okay, what do I want? I want the title to be a call to action and a feeling and an expression of what I want a home to feel like. I was like, feel free. Like feel free is what I want people to create with that feeling. So what started out as this book evolved into this magazine where I can talk about more people in real time, talk about artists, talk about their art form, their studios, their gorgeous creative spaces. And here we are. So that's been amazing. So now the second one, well, it's out now. It's out now. It's on all major newsstands and on leanford.com. You can buy it. Okay. I've so enjoyed this conversation with you. I really appreciate all the vulnerability you brought today. And before we wrap up, what we usually do is we do like an inner out session. So inner out design edition. I didn't change this at all. Okay. Painting brick. Well, now, you know, in listen, I want to say one other thing about brick, by the way, and then we can get back to in and out. It's like, it is your space and you do what you want for it. I don't like when people save it for the next owner and like the next owner might paint it anyway, or like, you know, you might be in there for 20 years. Like don't save it. Do what you want now. Back to the game. Signs with inspirational quotes on them. Like live, laugh, love. Yeah. Live, laugh, love. I love an inspirational quote. Sorry. I say yes. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like the kiss me before bed over your bed at night, but like, I, I do <laughs> like words. I just like words. Fake plants and or flowers. Yes. I mix them with real ones. I'm so bad at killing plants. So I kind of have no choice as to find fake ones, but I also use a lot of dead ones already. And then they just stick around. I've seen that. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I love a dead branch. <laughs> appliances on the countertop. I love appliances, but I'd like to hide them when possible. I'll even go as far as to say panel ready refrigerator. And then I hide a microwave in a cabinet. I like wire in a cabinet for my microwave to hide. The next one is pompous grass. Yeah. I say sure. Okay. And then the last one, this might be the most controversial one, green kitchens. If you love it, do it. I'm really surprised though, about the way that you answered the fake plants. Cause I thought you would only ever do real. I know. If you buy a fake plant because of this conversation, please tag Leanne Ford and let her know. <laughs> Blame me. Thank you so much, Leanne. And what we always do is I want to hold space for you to leave something with the listeners that you'd like just to share before we wrap up our conversation. So we won't be ending on the fake plant note. Is there anything you'd like to share with the folks listening in before we wrap up today? just to continue to spread love in whatever job, career, and industry you're in and lift each other up. And let's just all keep doing that. And that will be the biggest revolution we can have. 
Absolutely. That's such a great thing to leave off with. Okay, Leanne, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my chat with Leanne Ford. What are your thoughts on painting brick and fake plants? DM me and let me know. I'm still divided. Tune in next week for another candid chat with a special guest. And until then, please rate this episode or leave a comment and let us know what you thought. As always, this podcast is produced by Liz Goober and Victoria Christie and edited by Diego Domine. Until next time, keep blooming.